Jatat-sure-tara-kule-kvaktava-nukampa Raja Prabhava, 
Being born in a body full of passion. Isha, O my Lord. Tama, the mode of ignorance. A decay surpassing in. Usmin, in this. Jata, born. Sura Itarakule, in a family of atheists or demons who are subordinate to the devotees. Kwa, where? Tava, your. Anukampa, causeless mercy. Na, not. Brahmana, of Lord Brahma. Na, not. Tu, but. Bhavasya, of Lord Shiva. Na, nor. Vai, even. Ramaya, of the goddess of fortune. Yat, which, may, of me. Arpita, offered. Shirasi, on the head. Padmakara, lotus hand. Prasada, the symbol of mercy. Translation, Prahlad Maharaj, praying to Lord Nishringhadev. Oh my Lord, oh Supreme, because I was born in a family full of the hellish material qualities of passion and ignorance. What is my position? And what is to be said of your causeless mercy, which was never offered even to Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, or the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi? You never put your lotus hand upon their heads, but you have put it upon mine. Purport. Prahlad Maharaj was surprised at the causeless mercy of the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead. For although Prahlad was born in a demoniac family, and although the Lord had never before placed his lotus hand on the head of Brahma, Shiva, or the goddess of fortune, his, com his constant companion, Lord Nishingadev kindly placed his hand on the head of Prahlada. This is the meaning of causeless mercy. The causeless mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead may be bestowed upon anyone regardless of his position in this material world. Everyone is eligible to worship the Supreme Lord, irrespective of his material position. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Mamchayo vyabhicharena bhukti yogena sevate sogunan samatit yaitan brahma bhuyaya kalpate one who engages in full devotional service, who does not fall down in any circumstance, at once transcends the modes of material nature and thus comes to the level of Brahman. Anyone who engages in continuous devotional service to the Lord is situated in the spiritual world and has nothing to do with the material qualities, sattva Rajoguna and Tamoguna. Because Prahlad Maharaj was situated on the spiritual platform, he had nothing to do with his body, which had been born of the modes of passion and ignorance. The symptoms of passion and ignorance are described in Srimad Bhagavatam as lust and hankering. Tadarajas Tamo Bhava Kama Loba Prahlad Maharaj, being a great devotee, thought the body born of his father to be born of passion and ignorance. But because Prahlad was fully engaged in the service of the Lord, his body did not belong to the material world. The pure Vaishnava's body is spiritualized even in this life. For example, when iron is put into a fire, it becomes red hot and is no longer iron but fire. Similarly, the so-called material bodies of devotees who fully engage in the devotional service of the Lord, being constantly in the fire of spiritual life, have nothing to do with matter, but are spiritualized. 
Srila Madhvacharya remarks that the goddess of fortune, the mother of the universe, could not get mercy similar to that which was offered to Prahlad Maharaj. For although the goddess of fortune is always a constant companion of the Supreme Lord, the Lord is more inclined to his devotees. In other words, devotional service is so great that when it is more that when it is offered even by those born in low families, the Lord accepts it as being more valuable than the service offered by the goddess of fortune. Lord Brahma, King Indra, and the other demigods living in the upper planetary systems are situated in a different spirit of consciousness and therefore they are sometimes troubled by demons. But a devotee, even if situated in the lower planets, enjoys life in Krishna consciousness under any circumstances. Parata swata karmata. As he acts himself, as he, as he is instructed by others, or as he performs his material activities, he enjoys life in every respect. In this regard, Madhvacharya quotes the following verse, verses which are mentioned in the Brahma Dharka. Sri Brahma Brahmi Vindradi, Sri Katat, Sri Katat, Sri Purushtutaha, Taranye Cha Kramadeva, Sada Muktao Smitavapi. Hari Bhaktao Tatajgane Suke Cha Niyamena Tu Paratas Swatat Karmatova Nakanjit Tad Anyata. Translation again. <clears throat> oh, my Lord, O oh Supreme, because I was born in a family full of the hellish material qualities of passion and ignorance, what is my position? And what is to be said of your causeless mercy, which was never offered even to Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, or the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi? You never put your lotus hand upon their heads, but you have put it upon mine. Om Agana Trimadandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militangyena Tazmai Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Hey Rama Hey Rama 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 Hare Hare Sri Pallad Maharaj is astonished. What is going on here? The first astonishment is that no one could pacify Lord Nishrigadev's anger. We think that the intense drama ends when Lord Nishrigadev kills Haranyakashipu. But actually the drama has only just begun. Lord Nishingadev appeared not simply for the benefit of Prahlad, but for the benefit of all devotees. Yet who is going to stop Lord Nishingadev's inconceivable anger? Everything is there in the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Unlimited anger, unlimited desire, everything is there infinitely. As you know, the devatas, the demigods, couldn't figure out how to assuage Lord Nishingadev. Finally, Lord Brahma had the bright idea because he is Adi Kavi. He's the original intelligent person, the most intelligent person of the universe. He said, Prahlad, this is on you. <laughs> it's because of you that Lord Nishingadev has appeared. Therefore, Prahlad, step forward and try to do something about the situation. <laughs> Lord Shiva couldn't handle it. Lord Indra couldn't handle it. Lord Brahma couldn't handle it. Not even Lakshmi. By the arrangement of the Lord's pastime energy, Leela Shakti, Lakshmi 
responded like, I have never seen such a form of the Lord before. Although she had always seen Lord Nishingadev in Vaikuntha, but the Leela Shakti, the pastime energy of the Lord, arranged that for her, it was a totally astonishingly new experience. So she could do nothing. So therefore, Lord Brahma pushes forth Prahlad. And Prahlad begins to offer his wonderful prayers after receiving the touch of Lord Nishigadev's paw on his head. In this way, Prahlad is empowered to recite such extraordinary prayers. He gives his experience, and his experience is very important. He learns from experience, unlike a conditioned soul. We think, I need to go through experiences and then I'll learn my lesson. But that is not the purpose of the illusory energy. The purpose of the illusory energy is to blind you even though you've gone through so many experiences. We still repeat the same mistake again and again. Because it's not the job of the avidya department, the nations department. It's not its job to teach you, to educate you. Its function is to blind you, to bewilder you. That's why Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Daiviesha gunamai mamamaya dharatyaya. Krishna means what he says. This bewildering potency of mine is impossible for you to overcome unless you do things my way. So experience is not enough for us to learn our lesson. And we don't even know what our lesson is that we're supposed to learn. Often people say, life is all about learning. And then you ask them, what's the lesson? Oh, they don't know. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about learning. <laughs> Do they ever learn their lesson? No. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, mudha janmani janmani. Birth after birth, you're a fool. Not just one lifetime. <laughs> you think, let me get this life over with. I've made some mistakes. I've had some victories. And then old age comes. And then death. And when you're dead, you're done. That's it. No. Again, you take birth and repeat the same mistakes. Unless somehow or other you come in touch with Krishna's internal potency. In the form of the devotee in the form of the Shastra. Otherwise, never learn by experience. So please get that notion out of your head that you have to go through certain things in life and just by going through those various situations, you'll learn. It doesn't happen. We don't learn the main lesson that material existence is not our place. So Prahlad is saying, I've seen it already. I've seen what happened to my father. <laughs> In fact, Prahlad says, I have complete experience about worldly powers, opulence, mystic power, longevity, and any other material pleasure offered to living entities. No matter whether they're Lord Brahma or an ant, I've seen it all, I've experienced it all. In other words, why is Prahlad learning from experience and we are not? Because Prahlad always takes shelter of his spiritual master Narada Muni. He says later in his prayers, I was following the general population down the road of the snakes. But your servant, he prays the Lord of Shingadev, your servant Narada Muni, kindly picked me up, rescued me. How could I ever leave his service? Gratitude is a very important part of bhakti. Sometimes we devotees forget that we are in a situation in which we should always be expressing gratitude to so many devotees. Sometimes we think, oh, my guru is the only one I show gratitude to, if that. <laughs> but 
but actually any devotee who has helped you in some kind of way, you always express your gratitude, your thanks. You never let that devotee forget it. And then when there's a gratitude community, it is so inspiring for all involved. I've told the story before probably. The first time I went to the temple, I was very nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I had been reading Prabhupada's books on my own hours a day for six months straight, but never go to a bhakti gathering. Finally, I worked up enough courage to go to the temple. And I was nervous. <laughs> From a few blocks away, I could smell the incense. <laughs> From a few blocks away, I could hear, so what is that sound? <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect. I was in an unfamiliar part of the city, a part of the New York City I would never usually go to. But I decided, let me go see. I've given so much money to the Hare Krishnas. Let me go. <laughs> in today's equivalence, I had given on the street to devotees a total of 20,000 US dollars. <laughs> so I thought, let me go see where my money has gone to. <laughs> so I was nervous. And as I opened the front door to the temple, they had an official greeter there, a devotee whose service was to greet all the guests. As soon as I opened the door, there's this tall, magnificent devotee calling out, Welcome, brother! You've come to the right place! <laughs> all my anxiety just went away, vanished immediately. So come on in, take off your shoes, go in the temple room, move your feet around to the kirtan. <laughs> so whenever I see that devotee, I always thank him. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course, the devotee is thinking, what did I do? I, I, it was just my service, the devotee is thinking. It's his service to be at the door, welcoming guests. So every devotee is like that. What have I done? I haven't done anything for you. I wish I could have done more for you. Prahlad Maharaj feels like that. What am I doing getting all this attention from Lord Nishringadev? Who am I? He's saying that in today's verse. Look at my background. Look at my situation. I was born in a family full of the hellish material qualities of passion and ignorance. What is my position? And then look at Brahma, Shiva, the goddess of fortune. What's their position? Lord Nishigadev has never put his hand upon their heads, but he put it upon mine. So Prahlad actually thinks he's contaminated. Who am I? What have I done? First of all, he's learned from the experience of his father. Not that the experience itself taught him, but he's seeing everything through the instructions of Narada Muni. So therefore he can say, my dear Lord, now I have complete experience concerning worldly opulence, mystic powers, longevity, and any other material facility enjoyed by all living entities. I have complete experience because he's seeing through the eyes of Guru and Shastra. He's not taking on material experience without the benefit of transcendental vision. If he had done that, he would have never learned, even though right in front of his eyes, He's experiencing so much. <clears throat> and this is our situation. We expect to learn by our years, by virtue of our years in life. And what does Shukadeva Goswami say about that in the beginning of the second canto? Pashyanapi napashyati. You're sufficiently experienced. You've seen it all, but you still don't see. <laughs> this is a very striking point. But Prahlad, why is it he can learn by experience and we can't? Because of the instruction of Narada Muni and how Prahlad's taking shelter of those instructions as his life and soul. So he says, I've seen what happened to my father. 
My father was so powerful, he would just move an eyebrow and the demigods would tremble in fear. <laughs> That's how powerful my father was. But my father was finished in a second. Now, with our age of Kali mentality, what do we think? Well, Haranyakashpu was finished in a second, but look at all that he had. <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll, with our age of Kali reasoning, we, we'll think, we all have to go sometime, right? But look what he had before he died. <laughs> look at the empire he left behind for Pallad. But Pallad wasn't interested in the empire. He took up the position of king only at the, be at the request of the Supreme Personality of God in himself. Otherwise, he wasn't interested. Hiranyakashipu's attitude before being killed by Nishringadev, Hiranyakashipu's attitude was Prahlad, hey Durvinita Mandatman, you most unfortunate creature Prahlad, you were in line for the inheritance of the whole universe and you blew it. <laughs> You're getting nothing. Not only are you getting nothing, but I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so Prahlad saw all this. He could actually see that what's the use in any amount of opulence when it can all vanish in a second? And what do we say? Just give me the opulence. I don't mind that it will vanish. Just let me have it right now. Just give me a few moments of enjoyment and I'll throw away, I'll throw away my whole life for just a few moments. <laughs> As they say, just give me a few moments in the sun. <laughs> in this way, we never learn, although we take birth after birth. So this is why Lord Chaitanya explains to Rupa Goswami in Prayag, Dashashramedagat, during those 10 days of personal instruction given by Mahaprabhu to Rupa Goswami. He says, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagyavan Jeev Guru Krishna Pasade Pai Bhakti Lata Beej. You've been wandering in so many species of life, on so many planets, you've never learned by experience. But by the mercy of Krishna, you come in contact with a devotee. And by the mercy of the devotee, you get Krishna's mercy. So everything goes back to Krishna, yet because Krishna demonstrates teamwork the guru, the shastra, the super soul, we glorify everyone on Krishna's team. Sometimes devotees ask, who actually is the deliverer? I was discussing this just a few days ago in Beijing with the leaders of the Chinese yatra. Who is our deliverer? Sometimes devotees like to debate that. Lord Chaitanya himself explains that in Chaitanya Charitamrita. He says, actually, Krishna is the deliverer. But Krishna has his agents. He has his via mediums, via media. He has the guru. He has the shastra. He has the supersoul. So all these are conduits of Krishna's mercy. But Krishna is the actual deliverer. So Prahlad, out of humility, is thinking he's, he's a nobody. Look at, my, look, at, look at the family I'm born in. <laughs> a family characterized by hellish qualities of passion and ignorance. Now we'll probably think that we don't come from a, pam a family dominated by passion and ignorance, right? We come from a nice family, right? <laughs> but what does it mean to be a, from a family saturated by passion. It means to have material ambition. It means to want material success as the main factor in life. That is passion. We think, no, no, it's just career ambition. <laughs> it's just the normal desire for success. But Prahlad understands this is passion. This is a contamination. And then what about ignorance? We would think, oh no, my family is not Tamoguna. <laughs> my family is not saturated by the mode of ignorance. But what does it mean, mode of ignorance? Act 
today and don't worry about tomorrow. T tomorrow meaning your next life. Why should you think that far ahead? In fact, by simply thinking of what your future birth will be, you lose your drive for material gain. So better not think too much. That's many, many consider. This is a problem with bhakti. It takes your attention away from be, being a success in this life. And you're simply worried going, about going back to Krishna. But what about now? Now is the time to make money. Now is the time for career success. Now is the time for unlimited family expansion, investment properties, on and on and on. Now is the time. This is tamoguna. <laughs> because there's no concern about what is the future. Future meaning what happens in the next lifetime. The Vedic system of material enjoyment, which of course is rejected by the bhakti yogis. The Vedic system of material enjoyment is you learn how to enjoy materially now and in the future. But in today's Kali Yuga, that conception of material prosperity is out the window. Just now, now. I don't know about the next life. Why should I, why should I care? What am I doing now? What am I gaining right now? How are my investments doing? All right, maybe 10 years from now, I'll worry about how my investments are providing a return. Beyond that, and I'll leave some property behind for the children. Where I'm going, I don't know, but I'll leave properties behind for the children. <laughs> this is Tamoguna, in case you don't know. <laughs> so please, empathize with Prahlad Maharaj. He's feeling that I was born in that kind of family. So what is my position? However, from the transcendental point of view, you can see Prahlad's position is something else. Why? Because of his constant engagement in devotional service, his body is completely spiritualized, never mind his family background. So this is what Srila Prabhupada is pointing out in the lengthy purport. Prahlad Maharaj was situated on the spiritual platform. Therefore, he had nothing to do with his body, which had been born of the modes of passion and ignorance. Although he's born of such a father, being a great devotee, Prahlad's body did not belong to the material world. So this is the miracle of devotional service. This is why Srila Prabhupada wanted to demonstrate that bhakti is for the whole world. He wanted to demonstrate that anyone who follows Krishna's instructions fully, their body becomes spiritualized no matter where, they, where their material birth is from. So this is the lesson Prahlad Maharaj is teaching. He's humbly considering himself to be of a body that is saturated by passion and ignorance, when actually, because of his constant remembrance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his body is fully spiritualized. So Prahlad Maharaj is demonstrating to you the peak potential of bhakti. Now we may say, oh, we're not anywhere near that platform. But we should know what is the goal and become inspired to make progress toward that goal. So in the process of describing Lord Nishingade's mercy, mercy never before experienced, even by Lakshmi Devi, what to speak of Brahma, Indra, Shiva. In the process of doing that, Prahlad shatters our conceptions of material happiness. A very important verse that you, if you were here yesterday, you discussed. He talks about happiness. Everyone wants to be happy. Who can deny it? But Prahlad's got some information for you, which even if you heard it yesterday, you should hear it every day. He says, 
in this material world, every living entity desires some future happiness, which is exactly like what? A mirage in the desert. Where is water in the desert? Or in other words, where is happiness in this material world? As for this body, what is its value? It is merely a source of various diseases. So immediately we think, oh no, it's not that bad. Right now, I'm feeling healthy. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> we get pacified just by a little bit of prosperity, a little bit of good health, and we think, oh, everything is fine. I'll be all right. I've got options in my life. I've got alternatives. I could buy this, I could buy that. This property, that property. <laughs> we think that even though I'll be here just a short time and I can be kicked out of my situation any moment, that's all right. Just give me a few moments of success and I'll be okay. And my kids will be okay. Then, and then I can move on. After a long, successful life of money making and career climbing, then I can retire and then I'm an old person. My grandchildren will take care of me. And then I go. I don't mind going because I've le I'm leaving something behind for the children. Where I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> so this is our situation. So Prahlad is saying, where is this happiness? There's none. What is this body? It's simply a bag of diseases. He goes on with Prabhupada's beautiful enhanced, beautifully enhanced translation. The so-called philosophers, scientists, and politicians know this very well, but nonetheless they aspire for temporary happiness. Happiness is very difficult to obtain, but because they're unable to control their senses, they run after the so-called happiness of the material world and never come to the right conclusion. So is this the story of our life? That we never come to the right conclusion. So Prahlad's saying, I've seen all this, I understand all this, and he wants us to understand this also. He's saying these things for the benefit of the conditioned souls, and he's glorifying Lord Nishingadev in the process. He's giving you, Prahlad's giving you his complete experience of the power of bhakti. Still, he considers himself to be influenced by passionate ignorance. He's showing us how to be a real devotee, to, that we never think, now I am so advanced. Prahlad is demonstrating while being completely humble, he's demonstrating the power of complete absorption in devotional service. Another point we were discussing in Beijing was what, is the, what does the guru actually do for you? You may wonder. Uh, do I just get a picture? <laughs> what do I get from the guru? This is explained very elaborately by Srila Prabhupada in the purports where Lord Chaitanya instructs Rupa Goswami. Srila Prabhupada explains that the greatest gift of the Guru is devotional service. <laughs> Training in devotional service. That is the real benediction of the Guru. That's the real offering of the Guru to the disciple. So we have to know what to expect from the Guru. Sometimes we expect a pen pal. Sometimes we have so many different un unrealistic expectations, but if we understand training in devotional service, the Guru arranges for that, either personally or through another arrangement, that's the real benediction, as Prabhupada explains. He uses those very words. The boon that the Guru gives is training in devotional service. That's the mercy, the Guru Prasad. And through the Guru Prasad, you attract the attention of Krishna. 
as Prahlad Maharaj has certainly done. Of course, Prahlad Maharaj is at the peak potential of bhakti because of his non-stop engagement in devotional service, non-stop remembrance of Krishna, no matter what the situation. Therefore, his body does not belong to the material world. So another point made in those purports about the Bhakti Lata Bij, the seed of the creeper of Bhakti, there Prabhupada explains that it's very difficult for a neophyte devotee to understand how a foremost devotee is actually intimately serving Krishna while you're seeing him in the material world. It's very difficult for a neophyte to understand. We think, oh, the, when we look at Srila Prabhupada's example, we see he's 24-7 engaged in Krishna's service. We assume he's dealing with the same reality as we are, just with more devotion. <laughs> no. <laughs> We don't see with our neophyte vision his constant engagement in confidential loving service to the Supreme Personality Godhead. And what does Prahlad do? What does he say about himself? He doesn't present himself as being the greatest devotee. He thinks, look at my family. At the same time, because of his constant engagement in devotional service, he has nothing to do with the material world. So these double realities are always going on simultaneously. The devotee thinks, who am I? <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone can see this devotee is constantly engaged in devotional service. He's not a member of material existence. So that is the power of bhakti. Mamcha yoga bicharina, bhukti yogena sevate, sagunan samatitaitan, brahmabuyaya kopate. Lord Kapiladev in the third canto of Bhagavatam gives the example of the Ganga always flowing into the ocean. Madguna shutimatrena, mai sarva guhashaye. Just like the Ganga flows into the sea constantly. Similarly, as soon as as a real devotee, hears about Krishna, immediately the mind runs toward Krishna. This is the goal we aspire for. As soon as we hear, Hare Krishna, as soon as we hear about Krishna's pastimes, our mind immediately races to Krishna. Madguna Shuti Matrena. Regardless of any obstacles, without any interruption, our mind runs toward Krishna. This is Lord Kapiladev explaining spontaneous loving service to the Lord. It has its symptoms. As soon as you hear about Krishna, your mind runs to the runs to Krishna. In order to do that, we have to be free of material contamination. And then it's natural for you to be attracted to Krishna because Krishna is nirguna. He has no material qualities. Therefore, if we have transcended material qualities, then naturally we're going to be attracted to Krishna. So this is why Prahlad Maharaj will explain. It's natural to revive your relationship with Krishna. Because Krishna is Surit, he's the best friend. Krishna is Priya, he's the most dear to you. And he's the master, Atmeshra, he's the master of the self. So Prahlad is always building his case that it's actually easy and natural to be a devotee. So we're aspiring how to engage in Krishna's service nonstop. That is our goal. 
So that's why at the end of the purport, Prabhupada writes that <clears throat> a devotee, even if situated in the lower planets, enjoys life in Krishna consciousness under any circumstance. As he acts himself, as he instructs, as he's instructed by others, or as he performs his material activities. His consciousness is elsewhere. And because of full 24-7 engagement in devotional service, such a devotee is no longer a member of material existence. So remember Pallad Maharaj's surprise. What's happened to me? Look at me. Look at my family background. And I received the paw of Lord Nishingadev on my head. So finally, you may wonder, why did Prahlad get what Lakshmi Devi herself couldn't get? She's the constant companion of the Lord in Vaikuntha. Why is Krishna in his many Avatars. Why is he favoring the devotees in the material world? It's because of their struggle to be Krishna conscious. Krishna appreciates that. The Acharyas explain this. Lakshmi Devi, in other words, she's got it made. <laughs> but the devotees in the material world, they have to make such an effort to be Krishna conscious, and that effort captures Krishna's attention. So Prahlad is the evidence of that. He got what even Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, Indra can't get. He's giving you the benefit of his experience. He's learned just by seeing what happened to his father. He says, my dear Lord, I now have complete experience. When will we be able to say that? When will we be able to say you, we learned our lesson? That only comes by the mercy of Guru and Krishna. Otherwise, the material illusion, the mirage is too intense. We can't see our way through it. Yet we think, oh, I am so qualified. I, am so, I have so many material abilities, so much material expertise, so much material resources. But we haven't learned our lesson. But Prahlad knows, as just a child, he knows, because of the mercy of Narada Muni. And he received the mercy of Narada Muni by the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Any questions? Yes. Hare Krishna, thank you, Guru Maharaj. Uh, you explained here about how, the, in the verse, how Prahlad Maharaj is explaining about his own humble situation and uh, <clears throat> and uh, how he's getting the mercy of Lord Narsimha. And, and this, uh, it's a display of the power of bhakti. And uh, in, our, in our situation, you know, we are also humbled with our own limitations in many ways. And, uh, but we, may not have fully experienced the power of bhakti yet. So then, uh, how do we, or is it possible then to um, um, seek shelter or surrender to the Lord in the same capacity as Prahlad Maharaj? Or if, if it is, then how? We try to follow in the footsteps of the Mahajanas. Mahajana yene katasapanta. Prahlad Maharaj is unparalleled. Yet, by hearing about him, we make advancement. So it's not that, well, that is Prahlad, but who are we? By hearing about Prahlad, we make spiritual progress. So it's not hopeless that, oh, I can never be even a, a tiny bit of what Prahlad Maharaj is. Just by hearing about Prahlad Maharaj's devotional service, we make spiritual advancement. When Lord Chaitanya was talking to Rupa Goswami at Dashasra Medagat, he told him, the length and breadth of the ocean of bhakti is impossible to describe. We should think about that, because 
Otherwise, we can say, oh, devotional service, yes, I'm on the roster for this, that's, uh, I'm doing that. Uh, it's just normal. But Mahaprabhu is telling Rupa Goswami, no, the entire ocean of bhakti is abnormal because you can't measure it. He told Rupa Goswami, therefore, I'm giving you just one drop. So we can just get one drop of the ocean of bhakti. Our life is successful. So we have to start to get a vision for the expanse of the ocean of bhakti. Take Lord Chaitanya's word for it. You can't describe it in terms of measurement. You can't grasp it in terms of measurement. He gave Rupa Goswami one drop. And Rupa Goswami took the one drop and wrote Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which we have given by Prabhupada in summary form, the nectar of devotion. So become inspired by Prahlad's example. If you can just get a drop of Prahlad Maharaj's mercy, of his compassion on the conditioned souls, how glorious our life will be. Aniruddha Prabhu ki jai. Hare Krishna. Prahlad Maharaj is a, a, a unique devotee and, and we study his qualities and his characteristics. But um, he was touched by Lord Nishingadev's hand or bore or whatever. Um, and and Prahlad Maharaj is thinking of himself as being more exalted, or no, no, not more exalted, more fortunate than Brahmar and and uh, Lakshmi and others. But I'm just wondering, what's the relationship then between Prahlad and say the residents of Vrindavan? Because they get much, much more. You know, they get they're caressed and embraced and playing with Krishna all of the time. And and in one sense, and well, Prabhupada says, you know, the perfection of life is to know the residents of Vrindavan and their relationship with Krishna. Yet we're also encouraged to study Prahlad Maharaj's life as a, as a, I guess, as a precursor to coming to that stage of Vrindavan um, Leela, if you like. So what is it that we get from Pallad Maharaj that, and because Pallad Maharaj is thinking himself more fortunate than Brahma and others, yet we can see the residents of Vrindavan immensely fortunate. Right? So how does studying Pallad Maharaj's um, qualities and characteristics lead us to that, you know, that highest, uh, we can assume, higher stage of bhakti? When you read Brihad Bhagavatamrita, which those of you who have read all of Srila Prabhupada's books several times, you're entitled to read Brihad Bhagavatamrita. There you see Prahlad Maharaj, when Narada Muni approaches Prahlad, that I've heard you're the greatest devotee, Prahlad moves Narada Muni on. <laughs> and Brihad Bhagavatamrita takes you on that journey past Vaikuntha, past Dwarka, past Ayodhya takes you on a journey to Braj, past even Mathura, into the forest of Braj. So we need to see the whole perspective. Lord Titania would all love to hear about Prahlad Maharaj and Dhruva Maharaj. At the same time, Lord Chaitanya is demonstrating that <clears throat> His mind is always in Vrindavan, Muramana, Vrindavana. And in his mind, constantly the pastimes of Braj are taking place. So we need to see the full picture, how Prahlad is presenting pure bhakti. Just as Lord Kapiladev talks about in the third canto of Bhagavatam, Ahaituki, no material or spiritual purpose to rendering devotional service.
How could there be not even spiritual purpose? That means no desire even for liberation. Desiring liberation is selfish, as Rishanath Chakrati Thakur explains, because it's all about me. I want to get out of material existence. What about service to Krishna? <laughs> so Prahlad is demonstrating a hoituki, no material or spiritual purpose, just service to Krishna for Krishna's pleasure. Therefore, Prahlad's instructions are so important for us on the path of bhakti. He, he totally shatters the idea of material satisfaction. Without having understood pure bhakti, there's no question of understanding the pastimes of Braj. Because in Braj, everything is for Krishna's pleasure. Even what seems to be suffering and pain of separation. As Sanatana Goswami says, the distress in Braj steps on the head of happiness in every other place. <laughs> How are you going to understand that? Think distress is distress. I don't want distress. <laughs> but the pain in Braj, the pain of separation from Krishna, exceeds the happiness of any other place, including Vaikuntha. So by taking instruction from Pallad, we, we understand what is pure devotion. He says, Sukham Andriyakam Daitya Deha Yogena Dehina. Happiness and distress is packed into your body at the time of birth according to your karma. Why should you strive for happiness? Why should you strive for the same rasa, the same flavor that the animals are getting automatically? You'll also get it automatically. That's the first thing I ever heard from Pallad Maharaj. <laughs> I was shocked. What kind of knowledge is this? <laughs> Why? And of course, Prabhupada amplified Pallad's instruction, that verse, Sukham Andriyakam Daitya. Why should you work so hard just to get the same flavor that the animals are getting? <laughs> Prabhupada knows how to stick it right in our face. <laughs> we think we're all very pious, very cultured, very advanced. <laughs> yes, my family was mode of passion, but nice mode of passion. <laughs> Just material success oriented, nice mode of passion. As far as tamaguna mode of ignorance, oh no. Did your family give you a concern what your next body will be? No, that's Tamaguna. Even <clears throat> Rajaguna, mode of passion, involves concern. Am I going to the heavenly planets for the next life? Tamaguna means, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to be a good person and the universe will take care of me. <laughs> that's Tamaguna. <laughs> so you can see what kind of shape our current so-called civilization is in. There's no proper measuring stick for what is an advanced society, what is a real human civilization. There's no proper way to measure that these days. It's all about, do you have the money? Never mind that your money making is destroying your own habitat, destroying the planet. That's all right. Do you have the money? Do your children have the money? Do you have the right property investments? <laughs> That's what it's all about. Then you can hold your head up high. What about your next life? Oh, whatever comes, comes. This is Tamaguna, combined with Rajaguna. Success, success, success. Achieve, achieve, achieve. Otherwise, everyone looks down on you. Oh, you came to Melbourne, you're not CEO after 10 years? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's Rajaguna, Moda Passive. But we take it, oh no, no, Maharaj, it's just normal, it's just family expectations. 
Family expectations, yes, but understand it's Rajaguna, mode of passion. <laughs> so therefore there's the fear. You're spending too much time at Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir. What about your career aspirations? You're gonna lose your drive. You're gonna lose your determination. You'll become too spiritual too quickly. This is Rajaguna. It is not real human civilization. Proper Rajaguna, mode of passion, means I want to enjoy now and in the next life. I want to go to Chandralok. I want to go to Suryalok. But we don't care about that. So you actually don't even have a real material civilization. By hearing Prahlad's instructions, you understand that. You don't have a real human civilization today. We've been bewildered into accepting a false standard of material advancement. Anything else? Yes? Thank you, Maharaj. Maharaj, you mentioned about uh, that we don't learn from our experiences, but Prahlad Maharaj could because he took complete shelter of a uh, spiritual master. Just wondering. But what does that mean to take complete shelter of the spiritual master? It means to listen and apply what the Guru says. It doesn't simply mean when the Guru walks by you. <laughs> That's nice etiquette, but it doesn't mean you've listened and heard. Etiquette has its important role, don't get me wrong. But the real point is Prahlad heard even while he was within the womb. He heard and remembered. And his mother was there also. She heard, but she forgot. Why? Why did she forget? Because she slept. Huh? She slept. No, she forgot because she was simply in material anxiety. Where's Haranyakashipu? Where's my husband? She couldn't retain what Narada Muni had said, even though she was there. But Prahlad, although in the womb, he remembered. So that shows you the difference. Prahlad was, his hearing was not impacted, was not affected by the material situation of being within the womb. Whereas his mother, an adult, right there, because Prahlad's in her womb, but she couldn't remember the Narada Muni's instructions. So part of the disciple's duty is to always repeat the instructions of the Guru. This is stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And then those instructions stick in your consciousness and you repeat them to others. This is what Prahlad's doing. I've seen it. I've heard it. Narada Muni's done this for me. Narada Muni's done that for me. That's a proper disciple. Thank you, You were mentioning how material... <coughs> Hare Krishna Maharaj. You were mentioning how uh, all our attempts for material prosperity are ultimately futile. But Prahlad says that. Yes. He, says, <laughs> he, yes. Gives, he gives himself as an example what he's seen, what he's been through. Yes. Um, now, some people say uh, that, yes, our attempts for material prosperity, they are futile, but... Um, if we have material prosperity, let's say if we rise in career, we have our investment properties, then we can facilitate devotional service for us, for our children. Is that... Okay, so do it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Who's stopping you? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're becoming a, you intend to become a married man, so... Go ahead. Live comfortably, but don't forget about Krishna. If you can, by your money-making activities, generate donations for Lord Titania's mission, wonderful. But don't lose sight of your own Krishna consciousness. Oh, I'm going to do this and make the big money. I just have to sacrifice my spiritual life for a few years. And then the big investments will come we've seen this so many times never sacrifice the quality of your spiritual life for anything do your best okay you want to make money for Krishna go right ahead 
But always remember, what is the real wealth? Lord Chaitanya in Chaitanya Charitamrita describes, there are three great riches in life. Krishna, love of Krishna, and Krishna's service. So first make sure you have that kind of money. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Hare Krishna.